Hello and welcome to another episode of the Overcoming Life Podcast, the podcast where you never really know what you're going to get. I mean, it could be something extremely positive and uh, informational, or it could be just me ranting about stuff that matters to some people, but doesn't matter to others. And, well, you guys chose this podcast, so <laughs> thank you for listening. We have been going over a, se- a couple of different series, but um, m- we have been mostly on this idea of the purpose of the wilderness. Why is it that God allows us to go through a wilderness period? And this wilderness period, <coughs> this wilderness period, again, it um, it's really about us learning to go back to minister. How can we understand and learn how to speak the truth in love? How can we learn how to realize that God is in control? See, there's it's one thing to to hear from somebody else. Oh, that God's in control. God's ruling. You're, he's got the whole world in his hands. And there's another thing to experience that as a reality in your life. Um, recently, I just actually started this book, which I've actually been super interested in. It's called, um, oh, goodness, what is it called? It's called... Uh, it's, I'm blanking on it right now. I cannot remember. But it is a book that is talking about, um, one of its first principles is talking about how humanity is moving into an age uh, where people are becoming more and more aware of the mystery of coincidence, that people are not just brushing off coincidence as something as like this normal thing that just happens, but uh, we are starting to recognize and see, wait a second, I was just thinking about this the other day, and then this just popped up. What a mystery. What a what a, th- a thought, right? And, and um, basically the idea is once as humanity, as a collective, as a whole, um, once we all get to that point where we start to realize and see, man, there is there is something going on here, and we start collectively asking ourselves, man, what what is that? What is this age bringing? What is what is going on? What is behind these coincidences? What is behind this mystery? That is when we will all, as a collective, um, have a greater, in some ways, a greater awakening, a greater opening up of our uh, understanding in some way. And so with that being said, I think, you know, even as far as the application of the scriptures to um, our personal lives, when we go to the wilderness, we're, we're recognizing that everything that God does is good. We recognize that there's nothing that is out of place, nothing that is out of order. Everything that happens to us, uh, we can rightly say, this is good. This is good. And I... Yeah, and be thankful for it. How many of you guys are thankful for the crappy things that happen in your life? How many, how many times do we rejoice when weird stuff is going on or stuff that we can't control? And it's hard to rejoice and be thankful for these things, but this is the only time ever that we will truly be able to grow in this way. Um, we are experiencing limitations that are... Uh, it almost seems like limitations almost beyond measure in some ways because we are 
we're just like stuck. We you can't have everything when you want it. You can't know everything um, about everything. You have to. Um, we have to take everything in stride. We have to take little pieces. We have to wait for things to grow. We have to wait for things to develop. We have to wait. Um, we have to learn how to wait and be patient in this lifetime. And because of that, well, we that that it's going to teach us a lot of things. It's it should be teaching us a lot of things. If if you haven't learned, and I mean we're all still learning, and um. That and we're all still growing, but going back to the speaking uh, of the wilderness, we talked in our last episode about eating, um, eating what men teach, eating what men say. It's not what it's not what goes into you that defiles you, and unfortunately, this is a a teaching of the church that is that is um, become a tradition of man where it's like stay away from those people don't go to that place don't listen to that teaching don't listen to that doctrine and and um the reality is it's not the teaching that defiles you it's that's not what it is and in jesus himself he said beware of the fair the leaven of the pharisees but leaven is connected to sin um in the in the hebrew we have passover pentecost tabernacles passover was an unleavened feast, right? Pentecost was a leavened feast, but that leaven uh, speaks to sin. It speaks to um, the missing of the mark. It's, there's mixture. There's, um, yeah, there's a mixture in there, and that's what it speaks to. And so um, I think it has to go with, because Jesus said all the time, he says, do as they say, but don't, but not as they do, right? They're teaching you, um, they're saying the right thing, but they're not living and doing the right thing. And so I don't think Jesus was ever against um, anybody else's teachings. And, you know, I, I think there's a lot of people who compare, you know, Jesus and Buddha and uh, Shrikna or um, whomever the, the, the Buddhist, Buddha, uh, all these people. And um, to be honest, let what's true be true. We have to allow what's true to be true, guys. And the, um, the scripture says itself is, hey, listen, don't despise prophecy, but but test the spirits. And to be honest, if, if you can't do that, um, then it just means that w- there's just more work to do. That's And that's fine. We got to grow up um, in spiritual maturity and, and in spiritual understanding. So for those of us who are, again, you know, on this path of, sp- of learning how to speak the truth in love, the father might take you out of the church for a period of time to teach you how to actually do this. And the reason why you are called out of the church into the wilderness to live a separate life is uh, to protect the church oftentimes from our inability to speak the truth in love. Um, and it's also a way to keep our conscience away from being defiled. Um, because that's you got two kind of hard and can be negative things right there. The first thing you have is you have a, a person who, um, you have a person who can't speak the truth in love, and so every time you hear their voice, it's just a clanging symbol, right? And they make the ears of other people bleed, and then no one wants to listen to them, no matter what they're saying, even if it is true. And then you have, um, you know, on a personal s- level, you know, you go into a church, and if you can't bear to hear the teaching, or if you feel like you're being defiled, then your conscience is. Um, 
you're you're showing that your conscience is not um it, it is being defiled and um that your faith is weak and we just need to grow up and mature so God actually removes us for a time because the church needs God's protection from self-righteous overcomers who try to who will try to beat up the church with the truth. And that's a bit of a hard word, right? That's that can be difficult for for some people to hear. Well, brother, you know, he's teaching me all these things and we need to go and 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 share it on the streets and we need to go tell people and to wake up and it's like, "Hey, listen. Just hold on there. Hold on there." You know, we have to recognize, like Moses did, that God is the one who's actually the one behind men's eyes being blinded. And that's one thing that I don't think the church recognizes right now as a whole, is that God is the one who blinds the eyes of men. It is his will that people be blinded and that their ears be closed. And oftentimes this is to fulfill um, a prophetic um, utterance, or this is to um, seal the timing of God in history, because some people are not ready to hear it, and we're going to go over that and, and find out why why God would do that. So we also have to realize that God is not nearly as concerned about other people knowing the truth as um, as we are, and we think we have a tremendous obligation to force people to know the truth immediately and not only immediately but you got to know it the way that i i know it you got to understand it in my perspective you have to see it in my systematic world view but when we try to force people to know the truth immediately we we end up prying their eyes open and doing so even if it if it kills them um you know but you know think about this example you know you go and pry someone's eye open when they're sleeping you know are they gonna thank you or are they gonna beat the living hell out of you right and um they'll probably slap you a curse in your face and i think that the point is is you don't go don't go waking up people and and prying their eyes open with the iron bar and and trying to trying to get them to see what you see God is the one who wakes and and brings up the the sleeping, right? And remember, um, even in a symbolic and spiritual way, take a look at Lazarus. Take a look at anyone who's sleeping, right? Sleeping is um, symbolic and equated to death, right? So if someone is sleeping, like Lazarus, who is sleeping, um, Jesus rose him from the dead. It wasn't it people going in there, sh- stripping him off of his linen uh, wraps, you know, and taking off, taking him off and it was tomb. Hey, brother, you got to wake up. Jesus is coming and he's going to help. It's like, hey, man, let God work his timing. His w- I feel like the Lazarus example is like one of the best examples of like how we should allow God to work and move like jesus was not concerned with being there on time like according to them right jesus was like all right it's four days past his death and now we're gonna go head over there and they were like hey if he would have been here he wouldn't have died and he was like but he did die you know and jesus was like listen i know what i'm doing i understand the timing of god i understand his will and i'm only doing his will and i'm only saying um, what he wants me to say, and I'm only doing what he wants me to do because that's what the son does. The son follows the father. 
And in the same way, we must be like that too. We must follow, we must follow the Father. It was God who allowed Lazarus to die for whatever reason and whatever purpose. And fortunately for us, we get to read what that purpose was. This was for the purpose of glorifying his son. Isn't that amazing? Had Lazarus not had died or if Jesus had been there and just rose him up right away, then then um, there would have been less glory in that. And so I think we have to understand that God is is allowing certain things in order for, uh, you know, I, I don't want to sound like a prosperity gospel teacher, but I, I sometimes God allows things to happen in our lives that we haven't accounted for to show us the miracle of uh, of Christ, to show us what Christ can do when we are at the end of ourselves and to show us that um, his glory and um, his will and his thoughts for us uh, are good and um, they work together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purposes. So tell me who's not called according to the purpose of God. Every single thing that's created has a purpose. I mean, the scripture says that the invisible attributes, uh, namely his divine nature um, and his, his divine power and his eternal nature, have been clearly perceived in the things that have been made. So everything has a purpose because you can see God in it. So God is in everything. Everything is made through him, for him. Um, and in him all things hold together. So if, if, all, if he makes all things work together for the good of those who love him, and are called according to his purpose. So there's those who love him. That's two categories of people. There's those who love him, and then there's those who are called according to his purpose, whatever purpose that might be. And they may not love him in the same way. They may not love him, to be honest. They may not be, and how do we know if they love him or not? Well, Jesus said it pretty clearly. If you love me, you'll obey my commandments, right? So they don't love him. So essentially, you have lawless people. But just because you're lawless doesn't mean you're not called according to his purpose. So, you know, there you go. So God is the one who blinds the eyes. God is the one who allows these certain things to happen. We have to be okay with him doing what he wants to do. And we have to just rest in the miracle that will be. Um, and we just have to be aware of what he's doing. Um, and remember, uh, there's no such thing as coincidence you know, there's no coincidences in life. And I think that coincidences always have like this positive spin, like, oh, that's, that's, I mean, well, maybe even, uh, maybe it's a neutral spin, but, you know, coincidences have, in my opinion, a little bit of a positive spin because it's like, oh, wow. Oh, I was just thinking about that. That was cool that this person just called me, or I was just thinking about you and this happened, or I was, I was asking this question to myself. And then all of a sudden this book came up and, um, and so, you know, that's what a mystery, what a mystery that is. What a mystery it is that that things, that coincidence happens in life. And so with that being said, um, God is the one who's who's allowing these things to happen. We we've almost gotten away from the age of miracles. We've almost we've almost gotten away from I think we have guys as a species, as a whole we look at our nominal lives and we say, man, this is isolating, lonely, depressing. And we, just, we get so caught up in the nominal, in the everyday, in 
um, what seems, you know, this monotoned existence. But we we miss the miracle of life. We miss, we we kind of push off um, and kind of wipe off and these amazing things that happen to us every day. We just brush them off as if they don't exist. Not, and I guess maybe not as they don't exist, but we brush them off as if it's just another thing. And we get so used to it. And it's like, you know, you, it kind of makes you wonder, what if everything was good all the time? Would we recognize, would we recognize the miracle of life? What if we are allowed to experience the bad and the evil so that we would have learned to be thankful when good is happening all the time. So that we never take for granted the good that goes on and the growth that happens from when we experience trials and hardships. If What about work? You know, what about working a little bit more? You know, I, I was at the gym today and I was lifting and it was, you know, it wasn't, we did like four, I did like four three-minute rounds. Four three-minute rounds, but it was like high energy, high exertion. Um, And at the end of it, I was just like depleted, like, dude, this sucks. But I knew that it was good. Like no athlete goes into a hard workout being like, man, this is not going to benefit me at all. And maybe the people who do think like that are the ones who aren't as successful in their sport. No, every single one, generally speaking, at least the high, high percentage athletes, these are the ones who they recognize the miracle that is taking place through the pain that is occurring. We have to recognize the miracle all around us and everything. Every day, we have to see it. When you interact with people, when you interact with yourself, your spouse, your children, we are living, walking, talking miracles. And it's incredible. And maybe if we were more thankful for those, we would see more. What if like, we were more thankful as a, as a, as a species? What if we were more thankful uh, in general, what if we were just more thankful for uh, the, the tiny miracles of life? You have your health, you're breathing air, your cognitive functions are working, body. Sure, you might have some aches and pains. Knee might be a little stiff, back might hurt a little bit, but dude, you're alive. You get to, you, you still get to learn something today. You still get to interact with other human beings today you you still have breath in your lungs maybe if we if you know where's there's this uh, this idea right in the scripture that's talking about the principle of sowing and reaping um you reap what you sow and what if the stu- what if we just haven't been stewarding um the our daily miracles and if what if we when we don't steward them it's just like he just takes it away. And maybe that's why our lives seem so nominal because it's just like the miracle of life, we just took it for granted. And God is just like, okay, well, if you want to take it for granted, then you can see what life is like without without joy, without happiness, without um, 
without these things? I don't know. It just makes me think a little bit. And I hope it makes you think a little bit. I didn't get to finish my, my whole thing today, but um, we'll talk a little bit more about speaking the truth in love um, and, the, and, the, and the wilderness here um, in our next episode. Matter of fact, I guess I can finish up a little bit here. So it's God who allows people to be blinded, right? But when we try to force the truth upon other people um, whose ears are not opened up by the Holy Spirit yet, even if they were to hear, they wouldn't, they wouldn't be able to act upon the word. They would not be able to believe it. And the only thing that we would succeed in doing is making them responsible for a word that is impossible for them to obey. You would only succeed in making them responsible for a word that is impossible for them to obey. And so then you've caused them to sin. So you now have put a stumbling block in front of somebody else. That's that's a hard-cutting word right there, guys. And then they would only come into further condemnation. And then you find yourself guilty of condemning somebody else because of something that you spoke when you didn't, you weren't supposed to be speaking it. You guys understand what I'm saying? So if God himself is not concerned about revealing the truth to everyone at once, why are we so concerned about that? We need to stop taking responsibility for something for, that God is responsible to do. Because we make poor substitutes for the Holy Spirit. With that being said, I am going to cut out. I bless you guys. Thank you so much. We'll talk more about speaking truth and love and the purpose of the wilderness in our next next episode. Hopefully, we can finish up this chapter. By the way, if you guys want to read this book, I'm actually uh, reading this, um, using this book as um, a bit of a bullet point. It's called uh, The Purpose of the Wilderness. It's by Dr. Stephen E. Jones. You can find it at godskingdom.org. You can find that and many more other amazing books, tracks, information, uh, and history. That is uh, probably something you will not or have not maybe been taught in in church. Um, a lot of cool and revealing things. So, Uh, Blessings to you, and we will see you on our next episode.